I'm Wesley Morris. I'm Jenna Wortham. And this is Still Processing. So, it's the end of the year, Jenna. It's almost it's almost January. Can't it's, come fast enough. People people are making those lists. They're checking them twice. And we thought it'd be fun to have people that don't normally get to make lists or do it professionally, who we who also make culture we like or are people we like a lot. Come on and talk about what they liked in 2016. Yeah, we basically made a list of our favorite people of 2016 and asked them to come and tell us what they liked about 2016. And then we took the top four people <laughs> and made a show out of them. Whoa, cutthroat. Very Hunger Games. I love it. Yeah. That's what we so did. that's what we did. So we have three segments for you guys. They're all a little bit different. Everyone brought their own special sauciness to their list and they told us what their moments were. Some We asked people to give us five moments. Some people came with 10. Some came with six. Nobody came with five. So, nobody came with five. Nobody that's came. the point. But that's okay. So, Bill Simmons, yes. CEO of The Ringer, my friend, my former boss, although I don't think of him as a boss. Lovely human. Officially, he was my boss at, at Grantland. Ezra Edelman, the director of my favorite movie of 2016, OJ Made in America. Guy. An amazing documentary and just the best movie mm-hmm. I saw last year or this year. Yep. And and then as an added extra special dessert, two delicious chocolate cakes, Heaven Nagatu and Tracy Clayton of BuzzFeed's Another Round. I love you so much. <laughs> I just, you know, I can't help it. They're the dessert. They're the, they come last and they're the dessert and it's the best thing ever. I'm allergic to chocolate, but I'm eating that. And then after that, we have a special voicemail from a listener um, who reached out to us with an interesting twist on holiday giving this year. We've, we've given him some advice. Yeah, we've been doing these holiday gift advice segments at the end of the show. We're going to do one more next week, but this week we got one that really moved us. So that's going to come up at the end of the show. But first, we got Bill Simmons from The Ringer. So let's go up to get the bourbon. We'll come let's back. Get the bourbon. And let's get Bill. We're going to talk to Bill. Let's do it. And we're back with my friend, and I hesitate to use the word former boss because it never felt like that to me, Bill Simmons, the CEO of The Ringer. Hello. Hello. How are you? Welcome. Hi, Jenna. Hi, Bill. <laughs> I can't tell you how musical, how music to my ears that was. <laughs> I'm so glad Jenna's multimedia now. I've been waiting for her for years. I'm finally here. I'm in the future. Yeah, congratulations. Thank you. Bill, what's your list? Can you explain what list you wanted from me? Because there's been some confusion. I made a list. I don't know if it's what you wanted from me, but I did make a list. Who cares? All right. You know, how I like to look at this stuff with sports and with culture or whatever. Like when the year ends, if I'm looking back at the year, I don't know, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, five years from now, whatever, like what would jump out? What were like the checkpoints for that yes. year, right? So yeah. This is why you're you. Yes. Right. This is why we love you. So I don't know if this is the right order and I don't even consider this an order, but this is just what I wrote down. So I don't know what that says, but the first thing I wrote down was Prince dying. Sometimes in <sighs> oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Because it, it, it kind of ended the eighties in a way. As, as a pop culture decade that lives on because now you lose Michael Jackson. We lost Eddie Murphy a while ago, even though he's still alive. <laughs> and all Shady. these people, Prince was the one who was still kind of humming. He was still cool. He was, 
you know, and all the stuff that was written, it was one of those things where sometimes when people die, you're just rehashing all the memories everybody has or whatever. And in this case, it kind of added to his legacy in a really cool way, I felt like. And the stuff I read and the way people talked about him and... I think I knew that Prince was one of the greatest guitarists ever, but I didn't realize how adamant people were about it. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize how everyone had kind of the same variation of the, as soon as Prince walked in the room, he owned the room. He was the coolest guy in the room. And it was still the case, whether it was 1982 or 2016. Mm-hmm. I just think it's hard to stay cool for that long. And everyone universally agreed Prince remained cool for that long, even if even if maybe the music that he was putting out didn't no. resonate the way yes. it did in the eighties. He had the aura. Like and you wanted it, yeah. when he played, you wanted to see him. It doesn't matter it didn't matter if you were like had no money or all the money. Everybody wanted to see him do his thing. It's really hard to underrate people in this day and age. And I, I did feel like maybe it was underrated. Like I, I didn't appreciate him in the moment and I kind of took it for granted. I remember there's been a couple of times I remember one time at like a Nike party two years ago, Prince played and I, I just wish I had appreciated it more. I feel like this is like this once in a lifetime guy. So anyway, what was interesting is Prince meant as much to the younger generation as he meant to the generation that was the one that he first impacted, you know? And I think that's Definitely. also rare when you, you take somebody three different generations and he had the same kind of resonance with all of them to varying degrees. I think that's pretty hard. Yeah. So, um, that's real. All right. Second one is Hamilton, which technically I guess started last year. I, I had a writer on my TV show, Trayvon Free, who had this thing that Hamilton tickets um, were the white man's Jordans, which I always thought <laughs> was really funny. <laughs> like the way people wait in line for Jordans, hard to get to. That became that for white people. <laughs> It became a part status thing. It was another thing that everybody agreed on. It was awesome. And then it kind of culminated with the Mike Pence thing. And it was also, you know, Wesley's seen my kids do Hamilton songs wearing Hamilton costumes. Oh, my God. Incredible. Oh, they did a whole Thanksgiving thing. They did a whole song for our whole family, Turkey Simmons Hamilton. They dressed up like, I mean, it's like, it's amazing how many different types of people the Hamilton experience has touched. And mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know where mm-hmm. it goes. I don't know when the movie comes out. I'm ready for it. But that'll be fun. Uh, kudos to Hamilton. One of the one of the few positives of 2016. All right. So then I wrote down Atlanta, which, you know, I, I, it's another one that we all agree on. Either you haven't seen it or you love it. I haven't seen the Atlanta backlash, which is really kind of rare yeah Atlanta's a perfect show and it was surprising and amazing and and everything you want when you watch tv I mean I love so many things about it but I was surprised every week by whatever was happening yep. you know it really kept you on your toes which is so hard to do I think we kind of fell into a rut with certain tv shows were intentionally quirky or certain mm-hmm. tv shows had that breaking bad game of thrones kind of arc where oh this is the one where they're setting up next week's show or oh this is the high impact going for the emmys one atlanta i didn't know what the f was going on every week <laughs> and i also loved i love van i thought van oh, was oh it's my God. you don't see that many great female characters on tv and i don't know what the reason is for that but she was this complicated really interesting character that I, I kind of wanted more of her, but they, they doled it out just the right amount. Um, I thought she was cute. I had crush on her. I yeah. wanted her to be happy. I wanted things to work out for her. If she wasn't an episode, I was bummed. 
All right, so then I have lemonade. Yes! So, couple reasons, couple reasons for this. One is it completely changed the definition of lemonade, which was always like lemonade stand, <laughs> lemonade. Who wants lemonade? Now I think of Beyonce. There's two other things. One was that when it happened, it felt like this huge, momentous, amazing thing, and they 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 tried it out on the weekend. And I don't think anyone really knew what to expect. And it was a Saturday night, and I think there was boxing that night too, and there was lemonade before it, and then all of a sudden it was like boom, and it felt like oh my god, this is one of the most major events that's ever happened. And within two days, it was digested, and everybody had written a think piece about it. And by Tuesday, it was kind of done, you know. And for me, it kind of showed what the cycle of that stuff is now. It's how fast we just blow through it. And there was a second level of stories that I thought were going to come about Jay Z and whether mm. how does Jay Z handle this? And you talk about how misogynist the hip hop industry has been over the years, and now you have like the comeuppance of one of the greatest hip hop guys and is there a street cred element? There are all these interesting wrinkles to it that never played out. It just kind of fizzled out. But for 72 hours, it was like it just dominated everything. It was amazing. So that was the second part of it. And then the third part was, it was the culmination of this two-month span when people were kind of redefining how music was released. Right. And I thought that was really interesting because Kanye was doing that. Kanye released an album, then all of a sudden he was it wasn't released anymore and Drake's blowing <laughs> stuff out. And it was like, what is an album anymore? And that was another one of the things that I took, you know, as a takeaway from 2016 is what is an album? What is a release? What does any of this mean? Is it just are we gonna have singles come out, four song things? Lindsay Zolads did a good job of writing about this for the ringer. It's like the the concept definition of an album is changing. I think lemonade was was kind of the the apex of that. Mm-hmm. Bill, I just I just want to know where you were when Lemonade dropped, <laughs> and how did it make you feel inside? I was going to a boxing match and didn't see it live, and all of a sudden I checked my my Twitter and I and I got a couple texts, and then it just kind of snowballed, and I hadn't even seen it yet, so I didn't watch it till the next day. I thought it was, I, I thought it was pretty kind of great. But also, it was really strange. I wouldn't watch it a second time. Mm. I, th- I felt bad for Beyonce. I didn't. I mean, I'm married, and they're married, so it was <laughs> so like were they. <laughs> to do something like that, but stay married and your husband. The whole thing, I was just like f- flustered by it. It was just so. I don't even. What do you guys make of it now? All these, all these months later, like, what was that? What Honestly, do you make of that? I'm just ready for Kool Aid, which is going to be part two, and it's going to be their duet <laughs> okay. album. You know, where they've drunk the Kool Aid, and now all we will, all we will too. Like it's, it's coming. The duets album and tour is coming. I love you. <laughs> but wasn't that part of this too? Is that with these, with these high profile celebrity relationships, we never know what's real and what's fake. Mm-hmm. Yes, and you see that over and over again in. You know, Angelina broke up this year, which I did not put on my list. But uh, <laughs> so, well, I interrupted so, you. What was next on your list? I had Oscar so white, not because yeah. of what it was, but I I think the way it played out. To be honest, it was it it fizzled, and I don't know really what came out of it, other than some awareness about the fact that hey, why 
why does the Oscars tend to gravitate toward white people? But I maybe because we did Grantland and now we're doing The Ringer and I'm I love this stuff. Like I was surprised by how many people were shocked that the Oscars were too white because it just seemed like well, that was the theme every year. You know, with the paper, there was a question about how we were going to cover this and what we were going to do to sort of to get at the lack of nominees of color. And I, I, part of me knows, yes, this is probably a story because it's going to become a story. And another part of me is like, welcome to the Oscars. Like, right. welcome to the demographics. <laughs> exactly. we, we know the math. Yeah, we it's know that old everybody white people, old yeah. white people vote for the Oscars. <laughs> like, what the hell do people expect? <laughs> I think that that campaign to me was sort of very indicative of just how far we've come in terms of social protests. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like yes. there's always this question, at least for me, I'm turning over, like, what does it mean to be an activist in 2016? Like, what does it mean? What does protest mean when we do so much of it online? And I think the speed at which that became a quick hashtag Within days, within a matter of days, it was commented on. And I think there, to me, that felt really, I felt like that was a really incredible cultural moment, too, just in terms of the speed of which people began that discussion. I was really excited for the Chris Rock monologue, and I thought it had a chance to be the one of the great ever. moments. Yep. And it was fine. He did a good job. We wanted it to be great, and maybe in the moment thought it was greater than it was, and it wasn't. And I do think there was a little bit of a missed opportunity there mm. with him. I don't think I'll be bouncing my grandkids on my lap telling them about the Chris Rock Oscar speech. <laughs> it was fine. But I do think there was a missed opportunity. Maybe that's unfair. And maybe that's impossible for him to do that in front of 80 million people in the toughest room. I'm scared yeah. for my friend Kimmel. Like that's the toughest room to perform in in the world, the Oscars yeah. room. Yeah. I think Jimmy has an easier job hosting the show this year than than Chris Rock did though, because the you know, as we talked about, the pressure was on him to do it. True. And to and to kill it and to to kill Hollywood racism dead on the spot and keep doing it for three hours. I mean, it was just an impossible impossible. job. And so he didn't even bother trying to go there. He couldn't have. And he had a couple really great moments moments in that that broadcast. Well, I'm here at the Academy Awards, uh, otherwise known as the uh, White People's Choice Awards. Uh, You realize if they nominated host, I wouldn't even get this job. Y'all be watching Neil Patrick Harris right now. We'll see how easy that job is if Moonlight doesn't get nominated this year. Oh, yeah. 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 We'll see see. if if Moonlight gets boned over, but like Jackie gets nominated. We'll see how easy (laughs) my my friend Jimmy has. I had some quick ones. Hoder. I'll remember Hoder dying. Oh, my Uh, God. It was a tough one. It's I don't get emotional watching TV anymore. Really? I don't really have any emotion left in my body, but, uh, but Hoder, that was like, Whoa, really? They're killing what, you know, not, and then figuring out what his name was, was just really memorable. Yes. I have Ali dying. What was interesting was all the younger people writing about Ali who weren't there and how different it was for the people who were living the retroactive version of loving Ali versus the people who was there. That was just interesting for me because I'm just old enough to remember seeing when he actually really did matter and how thrilling it was to just turn on Wide World of Sports and hope that he was coming on. Mm-hmm, I did mm-hmm. I did a test show in June before my show launched and the the opening piece was about like, you know, when I was growing up in the in the mid seventies, we, we didn't have all that we, you know, we had five T V channels. 
and you had the super friends in the morning and all the cartoons we'd watch and Brady Bunch, people like that. But like Ali was like my first hero because on Saturday he'd come on and he'd be funny and he'd be all these things. And I'm old enough to remember when he still was that Ali and not like the older aging kind of mm-hmm. losing it Ali or the slurring his words Ali. I still remember the Ali mm. and I think everyone, I think the cutoff was maybe 45. Mm-hmm. And if you're over 45 and over, it was just, it was just a different kind of devastating, but it's not mm-hmm. like we didn't know it was coming because he was sick forever. The Ken Bone I'd have written down. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ken, Ken Bone. Because Bone. No. Oh, no. <laughs> social media had reached a point where now we know these things instantaneously when they're going to take off. And like the moment you saw him in the story, you're like, oh my God, this guy's going to be in my life now for two weeks. And that's how it played out. And then the last one I had, well, I have two, two quickies was Adele, who I just think, you know, everyone's like, the albums are dead. No, you can't release the album. And then she just released albums the old school way and everybody bought it. And mm-hmm. she sold, did concerts the old school way and everybody bought it. It made me think like stars still matter. Mm-hmm. And whether it's sports or music or movies or whatever, stars are always going to win. And it's up to them what model they want to choose, but whatever model they pick is going to win. And that was the case for her. And then the last one for me, Leo winning the Oscar. Mm, interesting, Bill. I don't know, man. He, he's, he's the guy from his generation and he needed one. And it's a lot like an athlete winning a ring where, you know, in sports, Charles Barkley doesn't win a ring. They mentioned it for the rest of his life. And Carl Malone and John Elway wins wins a Super Bowl late in his career. It changes the narrative of his career. And I don't think The Revenant is the best movie he's done. And I don't think it was the best performance he's done. But it was. It, it's it's good that he has one. Yeah. All right. Okay. That's how'd I do? All right. That was a great list. Thanks. So you came in hot. Thanks very much. I appreciate it. It's a pleasure. Good luck with this podcast. It's very good. Uh, <laughs> this is Bill Simmons. He's been talking to us. His website is The Ringer. It's very good. Some of my favorite people are there. And, uh, you know, he's got his own situation, his own podcast, which you can find on... Well, you have your... Like, you have... It is the Bill Simmons... You got your own thing. I have the Bill Simmons podcast. Yeah, and I'm still doing doing some some uh, good stuff with HBO that we can't talk about yet, but it's Ooh, coming down the road. TV. Well, you're coming back when, yeah. it, when it happens. Yeah, Lemonade too. That's going to be, I'm working on that. <laughs> oh Should be great. Bill, bring me in. We'll talk later. Nice. All right, thanks, guys. So next up, we've got Ezra Edelman. But before that. Yes. Jenna, I'd like to ask you a question. Abby, please. What's your favorite thing to do? Who, me? Yes, you. I like to make money get turn. I like to make money get a turn. Me and McConan, it's our favorite thing to do. Okay, we're back with Ezra Edelman. And... I don't know. I felt like it was necessary to have you here, not only because I like you as a human being, Thank you. but because you made my favorite movie of 2016, which, can I say parenthetically, it's crazy that that you made the best movie of 2016. <laughs> you have no I, idea. You're right about that. <laughs> this schlub. Yeah. No, it's not that. It's oh, like I've never, I've been making lists my entire adult career. I've never known anybody on the list, let alone somebody I actually truly like as a human person. 
So the movie, of course, is OJ Made in America. How many hours, Ezra? Seven hours and Seven 45 hours. minutes. Okay. Uh, the time doesn't matter because it, it goes by very quickly. Uh, you and I know each other basically through life. We went to the same college, but we didn't really know each other in college. We did not, but I didn't know a lot of people. You, I, I'm not the gregarious sort like you. I was gregarious. And, <laughs> and you still and, are. And you were not. And you, you're getting better at your gregariousness, though. Thank this you. process is going to force you <laughs> to be more outgoing. Anyway, you made a list. I made a list. What's on your list? Moonlight. Yes. Atlanta. Yes. yes. Game 7 in the World Series and or the Ooh. Cubs in general. Mm-hmm. Stranger Things. Okay. Mm-hmm. Steph Curry and the Warriors. Yeah. Naturally. The Night Of. That's my list. It's six, but like we can talk about however however many you want to talk about. That's fine. Let's start. That's a good list. Jenna, do you, is there something that, that leaps out at you from Ezra's yeah. list? I, I want to hear about Game 7 and why it's on your list. Well, okay. okay. First of all, I am a lifelong baseball fan. Okay. I'm a Red Sox fan. I follow every season, and every baseball season is better when the Red Sox are good. The Red Sox happen to be very good this year. And so the fact is, they crapped out of the playoffs immediately. Immediately? <laughs> I was so shocked by that. And so in a way that I was like, okay, and I've been running around doing stuff, and I was busy, and I didn't even get to look at the games where normally it would be like, I block out these nights for these, didn't even get to. So I ended up listening to a lot of games in the playoffs on the radio. And mm-hmm. I listened to a lot of Cubs games, weirdly, and baseball like famously, is great to listen on the radio too, even mm-hmm. though we now live in a day and age where you can watch every game all the time. So it ends up that I have some stuff to do. I'm in Los Angeles. I have a meeting, and I have to be back for the next day. And it, it, the fact is, without knowing it, Game 7 was exactly the time when I have a flight back from L.A. to New York, and there's nothing I can do about it because I have to be back here in the morning, so I can't really take a later flight and want to take a red eye. Right. And I happen to be on a flight that doesn't have TV. Ugh, the worst. And so the decision is made immediately. I'm like, I could just ignore it, but I'm like, I am such a baseball fan. Like, it would be against my sort of code as a, as a sports <laughs> fan, as a human being, <laughs> to not follow the Chicago Cubs who have not won the World Series in 108 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Follow what's happening. So I do something I don't do. I spend the $15 on the internet. The crappy internet on the oh, plane. Oh, the go-go. The in go-go, flight, the go-go yes. in-flight. In. The worst. The wire, yeah. So I tried to, by the way, I tried to stream it. Even though it says you can't stream, I tried to stream it on three different services. I signed up to three random things that told me <laughs> I would be able to do it, which I in turn had to figure out a way to cancel so I don't get paid, oh like, I get, like get charged a subscription fee right after it. All this being said, I couldn't figure out a way to stream it. So I'm following it pitch by pitch on a game cast on the internet. Oh. Yes! The yes! whole time. There's like a dumb move. I think Bad Moms was playing on my screen and I was watching (laughs) the Cubs game. And so here's the thing. I'm like, and I realized that it's not even radio. I don't even have audio. And I'm still into this. This is so analog. I love it. And then 3-1 Homer. Cubs, you know, tie game. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I'm like, I stand yeah. up in my seat. I'm like, looking around. I'm like, is anybody else following what's going on? This is crazy. And everyone's like, there's maybe one dude four rows away, I think. And I'm like, but you're not emoting at all. And I'm like, this is, I can't believe I'm like, I can't even, I can't watch. I can't, I'm tearing my hair out. The game, of course, is incredibly long. Four right? hours and 28 minutes this game is. So the internet craps out as you're sort of going down. And so right. this is like the eighth inning right after the home run. <laughs> but so like when they left Chapman in for the oh night, like I didn't know that he, what had happened. All I knew is we landed. And then I'm like feverishly checking my phone and it's 6-6 and it's like the end of the ninth and it's the rain delay. Oh so my I walk God. out the train, into the New York airport delay. and it's the rain delay and I'm like, it's 12, 
midnight, yep. twelve thirty. Yep. I could s- stay here, right? And like right, in the airport, but I'm super tired. I need to get home, so I'm like, I'm going home. So I go down there, get my bag, get my Uber, and I'm listening at this point on the radio on my phone on the MLB app. Okay. So I'm like, all right, at least now I have you audio. Hear, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I get to the in the Uber. <laughs> And it's like, I tell the guy, I'm like, look, <laughs> this is historic. I this. <laughs> this, I need to get home. You wanted to go to your I, house. I wanted to get back for the last TV. pitch. Yeah. Right. This dude had no idea what was, what was happening. I made it to like five minutes to my door, but the game was over. But I was like, oh. so, I was so engaged by this thing. Wow. And I was like sitting there emoting in the back seat. All, I didn't watch a frame of the game. He must have thought you. I didn't watch one thing. so rad. As far as it went, you know, you get older and you sort of maybe disconnect from your fandom or maybe, and this isn't even my team, but it made me realize like the purity and the responsibility of being a a fan was, of course I'm going to engage with this thing. I was not going to just like, oh, I'm on a plane, I'm going to watch some movies and I'll see what happened. Like I had to share in this in some form and the idea that there was this historic of a, an event in the Cubs winning, but also that historically great and dramatic of a game that right. I didn't see is just <laughs> weird yeah. because I can trace yeah. all of these moments, certainly in baseball history. Like I've seen all of them in my lifetime if I've been alive. Right. And so, so to all of a sudden be like, yep, missed it. And I, you still felt connected though. You still I, felt I, so connected to the celebration. And happy. And happy. Oh my God. A little bouncer slowly toward Bryant. He will glove it and throw to Rizzo. It's in time. And the Chicago Cubs win the World Series. The Cubs come pouring out of the dugout. Jumping up and down. What else? What else? I mean, like, I mean, Steph Curry is, I mean, I guess it needs no explanation, but maybe it does because he had one of the great professional sports seasons. Yeah. Not just in terms of how good he was as an athlete, but the way his character, his sort of media character evolved or was like perceived as having evolved from the beginning of the season to, to game seven, another game seven of of the NBA championships, that was also amazing. Well, the, I think the thing that connects Steph Curry to me and the Warriors to, you know, watching game seven and the Cubs is this this feeling of of pure... I mean, honestly, like pure love, like watching some someone, a guy who does something and he's so beautiful in what mm-hmm. he does, but he's so evolved in the craft of what he does. And so it's something, someone who hasn't done this as you've watched this thing being done your entire life. And he's not sort of the stereotypical, you know, huge guy. He's doing it with finesse and style mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. beauty and a smile and all of this stuff. And you're like, I want to be that guy. But so I had a moment, this is really interesting, despite my Warriors thing, and I know I'm just going going on about this, where we were sitting a couple rows below Steph's wife, Aisha, so it sort of felt like I was was in the mix. And that was a game where he got ejected and he threw his mouthpiece. He threw the mouthpiece. And there there started to be all of this, like, back and forth jawing with, like, her and fans, and it was like, what is going on here? And so that was, you know, if the Warriors had won that game, they would have won the championship. Right. And so... The weird thing is being in Cleveland, and this speaks to even the Indians, but like being in Cleveland, there was such a hunger and a need mm. for them to win. Like even mm-hmm. before the game, you felt like you're in a restaurant and then people would just all of a sudden start screaming. There just there's this like built up sort of anticipation and need for victory. And you're like, I was like, okay, like this is a little too much for me. But so then I walked out. I, I immediately walked out to go back to my hotel like right after the game and I was by myself. I'm walking in the streets and there's all these people pouring out of the bars as if 
like they just won. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, y'all didn't win. You like won game six. So I'm like, just, just, chill. just chill out. Yeah. Just yeah. chill out. But so I'm walking it out and all these people are cheering. And I end up on this boulevard walking back to my hotel and it's relatively quiet. And there's a kid on a scooter, maybe 11, hat backwards, going down the block, singing to himself. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I don't think I've ever been this happy in my life. And at that moment, I'm like, Cleveland, you can win. Yeah. yeah. Oh my I'm God. good with that. <laughs> like, I just, I just, I just melted. I was like, it's good. Yeah. I'm happy. That speaks to your goodness. That's great. Because I can think of some, some, some sports teams fans who would not have felt that way. They had to beat that little boy up. They would have gone after him. All right. So Atlanta and Moonlight, I think most people agree most people who are not Arm and White, the film critic who just professionally <laughs> not into anything anybody else likes, we all agree that those are that is a wonderful television show. Atlanta and Moonlight is a is a near perfect movie. movie. I want to talk about Stranger Things because this is a show that lots of people love. Eight episodes, Netflix. Uh, something weird happens and. A bunch of boys become responsible for a weird little girl who has magic powers of some kind. And there's a mystery that needs to be solved. Set in the 1980s, borrowing a lot of properties of 1980s television shows and movies. euphemistically. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it brought a lot of people happiness and pleasure and surprise. I just furrow up my brow. I will say that the girl who plays, what's that? What's eleven. That? Eleven. 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 Like seven. Seven. Eleven. Seven. Eleven. C- crap. That's the best thing in the show. I don't know how they, I don't know how you get that performance and then have all the other stuff going on in the show, but it kind of drove me nuts. What happened for you? Why did it work? I, I think I probably, um, unlike yourself, am clearly susceptible to nostalgia so that's one, and I'm I and, and I acknowledge that. And I also think there was there was one thing that happened that I that I appreciated, mm-hmm. like specifically. First of all, you know, yes, I'm we're the same age, more or less. I grew up watching all those movies, and so the reference points are obvious. And that was a time when I grew up and I watched these movies, and those movies brought me pleasure. So I'm sure there's a basic element of of being in this world. I love the opening, like it's oh. almost like the happiest that made me was that opening montage, the the credits yes, sequence, yes, so like yes. the sort of. The, the, what happens in the opening sequence? I'm trying to remember. It's just like an old school '80s thing with like a gra- with graphics that are like felt like an old an old school '80s soundtrack. Yes, not quite not a okay. Tangerine Dream, but like no, an no, electronic no, no, but, like like feeling oh, like it. like old school Tron feeling okay, yes. cool. soundtrack. And so it's I was a like very specific collection of sounds. So that that like brought me joy watching that. You know, it's like and then as someone who like has still in touch with feelings from watching Poltergeist mm-hmm. watching E.T. watching like really came home from Poltergeist when my parents let me see that movie in the theater when I was seven and sat like in my <laughs> oh, house yeah. like, yeah. explained so much about you as well. and I'm just like there's a clown <laughs> that is gonna come and like and it, so yeah that movie had a profound effect on me this is just the world that I grew up in right and so I think it just spoke to me really purely and the thing about it is on the level of of pure craft as far as narrative and all that. Is it the best thing I've seen? 
No, but what I loved is that it built to a place where it's like you, it drew out the mystery and the suspense in a way that was pleasing to me, along with the fact, what you just said, that girl was phenomenal. Yes. I don't actually know how I felt about Winona Ryder's performance. But she's there to inst- to induce in you that, that same, that same, that very Matthew Modine, same thing. I just feel like you're Wesley. I feel like you're responding to being tricked. Like you don't like the way this, 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 the whole production of Stranger Things was trying to induce these feelings that brought Ezra so much joy. Yeah, I. <laughs> well, well, here's the other thing, Wesley. Yeah, exactly I, I, right. But I can okay. say this: like, okay. and you're a professional critic, and so you should be able, you should watch this like you watch anything else with a critical eye. And here's the thing: I am a just a, I'm a non-professional critic. I pretty much will look at things or, or experience people or the world and I sort of see the negative in it. When I watch something and I just like it and it just sort of flows into me right. in a positive way, I accept it. And so that was one of the rare moments where that happened. I didn't need to parse it to go like, this yeah. is why this might not be the greatest thing. I was like, I don't know. I'm enjoying this. And for me, that's a small victory. Now, that's what I got to say about it. Did you watch it when it came out? <laughs> Enough. In I watched it. I must have watched it in... July or ours. sometime in July and when did you watch it pretty much almost immediately right when it came I didn't out. I watched it when it came out so I think there's this thing that happened with Stranger Things was that yes in some ways it was a little bit pre-chewed and I had a response to that too because I I love nostalgia but it felt it felt packaged in a way that was hard for me to digest in the beginning and then I understood the function of a show like Stranger Things which is that for people who don't necessarily follow sports or people who don't live tweet the Grammys or live tweet the CMAs like it allows that same sort of participation to happen without any of the other buy-in like you don't have to be you know, a decades-long Netflix fan to like, you know what I mean? <laughs> it doesn't exist. You can just, all, you can watch, it becomes the thing that used to be I don't know, like the Friends finale. Just it, it was a very easy way for everyone yes. to be on board about the same very neutral concept. And I was just look up, looking up my phone while you guys were talking about what was what else was happening in the world when that show came out. That is the Jennaist like what? like be- between between conversations <laughs> thing. Anyway, go. Wait, on. what? <laughs> I love that you did that. Oh, I had to look something up because I was trying to remember why everyone glommed onto it and it was the antidote to basically what was happening at that time was it was a summer of death it was right after Flando Castile had gotten shot mm-hmm. it was right after all of that and so, like literally the week after both of those killings happened Stranger Things comes out and it's just it's the most harmless thing. it's it's the most harmless thing for everyone to bond around Right, it's like going, but you're like, I'm going back in time to this place where I used to just sit in front of my like old school TV exactly. and watch these things and felt good when I was a child. Before I knew about police brutality, before I knew <laughs> the world was going to hell in a handbasket, like right. I can just transport myself to that time. It was the Diet Coke version of that time, yes, but it was, I love the way Diet Coke tastes. I'm drinking a Coke Zero right now. Like, I mean, that was the you're thing. You're going to get a bunch of those well, now. No, but, but it, it does bring a, up a very, and I, I was aware of this as I was watching it, again, the power of nostalgia. And like as a it, like from your standpoint, yes. I have no beef with someone who doesn't like it because like that does feel a little bit like there's trickery. I have two feelings about that. First of all, Just I two. feel like the be the being tricked <laughs> is has nothing to do with nostalgia. It has everything to do with with their awareness that your that your sense of nostalgia that they knew somehow to tap into, which is not to be taken lightly as a kind of talent, was a total smokescreen for the fact that they didn't know what was going on in their own world if you got those guys to sit down and and explain to you what all of this stuff meant or like what was going on they wouldn't be able to do it but they could say man you know you love that poltergeist 
I got you feeling that <laughs> ET, didn't I? I had you on that ET. Conversely, the other thing on your list, the other show on your list, um, not Atlanta, but uh, uh, The Night Of, I think was a show that I immediately did not want to keep watching because it was so, it seemed so derivative. Another dead girl plot, more cops trying to figure out how she died, a stint in jail, a trial. But that show, by the third episode, I thought these people know what they're doing. Torturo? He's great. Torturo, Torturo, Torturo. I mean, that's a tongue twister, but like he's so, he's so good. Sold. All right. That's our list. That was great, Ezra. Oh, thank you, Jenna. <laughs> thank you, Wesley. Thanks for coming amazing. on. Listen, if you have not seen OJ Made in America, what's go wrong with see you? It. It's very good. It, go see it. It's around. In, it's the holidays. I, it's the holidays. You could. It's the holidays. You got plenty of time. You got plenty of time. It's probably in certain movie theaters are still playing it. Yeah. By the way, that's true. It's still uh, playing in New York. It's gonna be playing in the theater in LA for two weeks so over the let's holidays. Just, let's just cool. squash this conversation that it was made for TV and shoved into movie theaters. It's a movie playing in movie theaters. You can go see it. Experience it as such. Thank you, Wesley. You're welcome. <laughs> we'll be right back with two of our favorite podcast hosts, Heaven and Tracy, from another round to tell us what stuck with them in 2016. We're back. Um, cheers, friends. Hi. Thanks for having whiskey with us. Yes. Uh, These voices yes. you hear. We've <laughs> just been sipping on some syrup. Heaven no. and Tracy. Hey. Hey. Okay. I don't even. I was gonna try to do a this nice. This is our show now. Hello, everyone. Intro, but our show is now being taken over for not the second time in sixty minutes. This, this is true. what happens when you have a full everyone cup of bourbon in my seat before I get. No, no more people who have podcasts. As I think the lesson <laughs> we here. Talking. We're being replaced. <laughs> We're being upgraded. It's fine. Honestly. We had Let's Bill Simmons come and like hold court for. We didn't even talk minutes. the whole time. It was great. That sounds right. We took a vacation. Aww, Bill, nice. Bill, we, we love you Bill. You had a substitute teacher. Another round is back in the habit. Back they brought the it habit. back. That's why they're here, and we love them. We Aww. love them. Long time listeners. We love them too. Oh my gosh. First time collaboration. Oh yes, love it, love it, love it. Heaven was away. I was away. Mm-hmm. Heaven was away. Tracy was on her, <laughs> on her, not entirely Tracy on her. Tracy had to get own. her life together with a little sabbatical. You had some help though. I had a lot of help. I had a wonderful cast of characters. What are you talking about? Uh, doing your hiatus. Oh, oh, co-host. <laughs> yeah. That was so big. I was like, wait, what did you do? Yeah. <laughs> did I miss something? <laughs> um, Yo, it was so dope. It was. I got to hear my listener, own podcast. Yeah. It was so yeah. fun. As a listener, it was great. Uh, but now you're in our studio. Mm-hmm, which is a very a nice list. studio, by it's the a way. Nice, it's a nice it's studio. It's all right. So, list. I have one, two, three, five, I have six things because I'm an have overachiever. A, I'm sure we have things that overlap. Probably I'm sure. So. All right. Heaven. Um, obviously, pop culture juggernaut Beyonce Lemonade. Um, first thing on my list. Yes! Obviously, yes! ding ding ding. Obviously, okay. ding, ding. It has been beautiful to watch Beyonce's sort of feminist journey, mm-hmm. but the fact that she's so post four when she was like, "I'm independent woman, not with my dad anymore as like manager. Mm-hmm. I'm doing things my way." She's been like. St- steadily but surely been like no I'm gonna speak how I want to speak I'm gonna use the slang I want to use I'm gonna talk about the girls that I know back home Um, we've got to watch her shake loose so many shackles she's like oh y'all don't think I'm a feminist let me just put a giant feminist behind (laughs) me let me arrange my dancers in the symbol 
of, of like the of womanhood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she's out here and then like for the the visual album to see so many brown women together mm-hmm. was such a treat. And not just so many brown women. I love I just absolutely love to remind people that Beyonce is a black ass Southern woman and she yes. wants yes. to know that. Yes. Like the visuals like yes. never stop being Southern. Ever, 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 ever. A part of me d- doesn't even associate that kind of uh the like the clothes they were wearing mm-hmm. in in Lemonade with like black people, mm-hmm. but then you're like, oh yeah, duh, oh, yeah. duh. Yeah. that was a thing, <laughs> literally from the motherland. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. All right, next. Uh, <laughs> We're running a tight ship here, people. Oh, you right, you oh. right. Um, so next on my list is the Hamilton mixtape. Oh. I just have Hamilton at large. <laughs> also oh, relevant. Yeah. Hamilton ding, slash ding, Hamilton mixtape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Hamilton you know, winning I all the Tonys. That, like Hamilton yeah, happened. This year, like it happened, happened this year. Uh, I think it kind of crested at the beginning of the year. But you know what's interesting? It kind of doesn't matter because it matters enough to enough people mm. to be something warrant that warrants being on a list mm-hmm. in yes. 2016. Yes. Oh, yeah. So that sure. counts. Absolutely. I will put this on my list in like 2018, 2019. What was yeah. your top song off the mixtape? Mm. And I haven't even heard the mixtape. I yet, feel like so I'm, I'm not there yet. I'm not okay. ready to make that decision. Okay. Call me in like a month. Um, okay. I'm gonna text you. I'm gonna text I... you. You know what it isn't? Wiz Khalifa song. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I invited Wiz Khalifa. I, I think Kelly Clarkson is 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 my jam for me. Oh, I mean, I yes, like everything yeah. on that, but Kelly Clarkson doesn't get enough. I I agree anything. with whatever you're just about to say. Kelly yeah. Clarkson <laughs> is the most underrated. I mean. She didn't do anything in 2016. I mean, she remixed. Uh, she did the. She was at American Idol. She did. She re-released. She did another version of the, that. This the saw the beautiful. Oh, song I didn't even know fa- that about her father and being mm. a mother. Mm-hmm. I just feel like she never comes up in the conversation that Adele mm-hmm. and Rihanna mm-hmm. and Beyonce yeah, she's taking occupy. Some time. Yeah, um, but she belongs there. I just <laughs> absolutely. I just think it turns. I like wouldn't wait, Jenna. Jenna. You don't agree? Gave, oh my god! Say, I wouldn't I'm say we need some Febreze for that stink face. Okay, there are levels, obviously. <laughs> there are tears. I'm not saying there are no. Listen, but she's not in the conversation enough. Is she, fair? That's all. She I'm has. Listen, all those women you just named, Beyonce, Rihanna, Adele, etc., have the iridescent backstage pass. Kelly Clarkson just has the gold one. Like she's <laughs> she's in the arena, but she's not. I think in the I think that Kelly deserves an iridescent pass, though. I'm gonna agree with you. I feel like her voice, the strength of her she, voice. Are you arguing for an iridescent pass? No, I'm, <laughs> oh. I'm arguing what? for the for whatever for whatever Beyonce and Adele and Rihanna get. Right, the iridescent pass. Oh yeah, then that. Yeah, <laughs> weird team iridescent pass for Kelly Clarkson. Kelly, do something in 2017 so you can be back on this. I list. love Kelly Clarkson, but they're just different. We're, we're talking about moments. We, we're talking That's about. That's true. Moments I'm thinking about like her. You voice would say some people wait a lifetime in particular. Some people for a moment, like exactly. All right, move on. <laughs> get out, yo. Do not let's allow just her play to Kelly Clarkson on the Hamilton mixtape. Let's just do for it. a moment. I know who I marry. Just let me stay here by your side. And that would be Quiet uptown, man. It's quiet uptown. <laughs> <laughs> um, next on my list is Black Mirror. Ooh, interesting. I really, okay. really, really enjoy Black Mirror. So I, 
I love to be the last person that like gets on the bandwagon. Like whatever you love in this moment, I probably hate it or I refuse to listen to <laughs> okay. it for no good reason at all. And it was the same I way with Black that. Mirror. I was just like, Ugh, oh my gosh, millennials and like technology, technology so and, like, a Netflix series <laughs> about technology. Like, oh my gosh. But then I watched it and I was like. What if my society are is about based to get on you. Yeah. <laughs> bees coming for you? I mean, exactly. Heaven. R.I.P. Vine. I will say. Oh my mm. god! That's, how did yeah. I not put that Definitely. on my list? That's a big uh, moment. Vine. Oh my god! Friends at home. In case you haven't been online in 2016, which is probably impossible, <laughs> um, and don't know what happened to Vine. Vine was a short form video service that Twitter bought a couple years ago, and this year they decided to kill it. Unbe- like with unbeknownst to many people with reasons that we'll never know. Because black we, people can't never have nothing. This is the number one theory <laughs> that is all true. And Compelling we're still theory, warning. to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Compelling theory. That's Scientific. the theory. Uh, we, we know this because we are black people. But right. black mm-hmm. people, dis- uh, no, the numbers show, drive a disproportionate amount of conversation on Twitter, social media in general. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Vine is no exception. Facts. Black kids slay Vine. That is yep. like, the, they have made it into an art form. Yeah. Yeah. Like all of like popular trendy culture is like so much of it comes from Vine and from black people just being black like, kids so in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're they're that comes everything. Everything. I mean, we've all seen vines of things where you're just like, how did you even what do that? What, yeah, what, what are you on? Yeah. That yeah. is that is some beautiful, amazing stuff. I did a live show at um, Wake Forest, and we had a very short Vine funeral because oh. I'm that upset about it. Heaven, what Vine are you gonna miss the most? Oh my big God. question oh on the spot. God. So. Uh, in July, when the like bout of police brutality was happening, mm-hmm. like the the heat of it, but before Dallas, mm-hmm. uh, when the conversation got hijacked, yeah, not to use that metaphor, oh. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> um, that's kind of what happened. <laughs> zip, zip. I I on Twitter often say like the phrase "care uh, carefree black girls two K sixteen or like mm-hmm. whatever year it is just to like celebrate images of like black girls out here just yeah. living because you need that running you in need opposition it. You need to it. all of the um, murders that we see. Yeah, and part of the 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 police stuff for me is like. We're at a point rhetorically where, like, even like kids getting murdered is like mm-hmm. not really like moving people, which right. is scary. Right. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to celebrate kids and like their black kids and their like lost childhoods. Yeah. So I started this hashtag, which I didn't think would be a thing, but carefree black kids two K sixteen, and I was just like retweeting a bunch of like cute babies. And it blew up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I love about the internet, mm-hmm. you know, um, and it was just a bunch of black kids. Like uh, my my one of my favorite classic vines, she started the phrase "Do it for the vine." Oh, that little baby, oh, that baby. ballerina, little ballerina. I have a tattoo over my back. Just <gasps> kidding. I would I would oh get gosh. a tattoo over my back though. She is iconic. Not only did she popularize that catchphrase, "Do it for the vine." Well, I, I guess like prankster teen kids. Yeah, yeah, they had it. Right. She memorialized. I mean, she, <laughs> she like, memorialized. She, yeah. Yeah. she was she like, helped. "I'm gonna take this thing that you started and just like lift it up." Yeah, to the but it's so emblematic it of like a black girl joy, yeah. like carefree black kids mm-hmm. enjoying yeah. life despite it all. Mm-hmm. That There's was some, good internet. It was good internet. Was good there internet. was something so beautiful too about the simplicity of just. Being a, like those, all those kids and all those moments are just pure celebrations of living. Yeah. And we usually are memorializing death yes. on the internet when it comes to black life. Like yeah. we never mm-hmm. are seeing people in the kitchen, people mm-hmm. like watching, joy. T- you know, joy. Yeah. Just 
Like just joy. A vine of how excited you are while cooking. Some exactly. There, that was that was Vine to me though. Yeah. yeah. That was Vine. Vine was all exclamation point, very little question mark. Because yeah. it celebrated so many of the little joys about life. Like there was this one that you just reminded me of, oh of like God. a black dude in front of like a pizza box and he's just eating pizza and drinking yes. orange juice and he's so <laughs> he's excited so happy. and the caption was like how black people be when they haven't had food in a while and he's just like mmm mmm mm. <laughs> he's got a whole dance I was like orange juice and pizza don't even go together I really love orange juice and pizza don't even go together ding 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 Tracy you're next yes. um, so next on my list is Clarissa Shields just mm. winning all of the things? Clarissa Shields, if you're listening, mm. not if Clarissa is listening. If you are a person <laughs> listening to the show and you don't know who Clarissa, Clarissa Shields yeah. is, she's an Olympic gold medal boxer and she's like 21, 23, something. She's, I could have birthed her myself, basically. <laughs> you guys had her on your show. I you had, had her on the show. If you haven't listened to that show, you have to listen to that episode. So we'll link to it in our show page because it is phenomenal. That was it's one of so the ones I got to listen to as a, as a fan. Mm-hmm. You got to go to your there. own concert. I got to go to my own concert. <laughs> it was amazing. Just it was thinking great. through like what, how she feels in the ring, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like the kinds of things you tell yourself. This is right at the time that uh, Muhammad Ali had died. Yeah, mm-hmm. the kinds of things you say. You it say was that to your same house. week. Wasn't yeah, it? Wow. yeah. Because I had just gotten back from the funeral. That's right. Continuing that 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 story and mm-hmm. like yeah, and just the people- confidence with which she carries herself yes. mm-hmm. and seeing how upset people get about it and how unfazed mm-hmm. she is by them being upset. I'm just like Listen. by her confidence. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's this amazing documentary. Mm. I'm gonna mess up the name. I think On it's Netflix. called like T Rex or something like yeah. that. It's oh, got something to do with T Rex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a scene where um, her handlers, like the people in charge of her image, were like, "Can you stop saying that you like beating mm-hmm. people up?" And she was like, "But I box. Like you sound <laughs> stupid. Like, of course I should enjoy it. Right. This is my job, right, you know." Right. Yep. So I love it. I love her. Check it out. Heaven. Sorry. Heaven spilling out of bourbon. <laughs> That's not true. I spilled water. Oh, okay. never mind. We'll allow it. Yeah. Um, I have a uh, a shout out to like all the hair and makeup teams on shows like Blackish, mm. off the uh, That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Fresh I'm off the boat, yeah. Insecure, about, Atlanta. Like it is. It is a Queen uncharted sugar. territory. Mm-hmm. Queen Sugar. Ooh. And even this is us. Little shout out for this is us because those women, the um, wife of the in the black family, that's the one black family on that show. Is they always show her sleeping with a beautiful silk head like scarf on, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, that's accurate. That's so real. (laughs) Yes. Nobody wakes up like this. No Beyonce. Everybody else got the Seagly braids and (laughs) the silk pillowcases. (laughs) Everybody looks like Big Mama when they go to sleep. Yeah. I think Jennifer Lewis and Tracy Ellis Ross on Blackish. Oh my God. Look Mm. so good. Yes. So in in such different. Ways, yes, and then each of the kids, the hair on each of the each of the slay. daughters, slay mm-hmm. always, so just so cute. fresh to death. Like every time I walk, I watch Blackish. I'm like, all right, put this on the mood board. This is my <laughs> aesthetic. <laughs> like, I like, got her all style. the lipsticks. Oh my god, mm-hmm. it's such a joy. It, and she's like a grown. She's like a. She's a surgeon. It's mm-hmm. like there's no reason that like a, a black woman wouldn't be changing up her hairstyle. She's mm-hmm. just yeah. like a normal working person yeah. right you know and I love that she has like two little mini buns yes yeah. <laughs> that's how it is girl uh, <laughs> yeah, she should be having moments for the serum um, culture so the next one on my list is very recent development but Awaken My Love Childish Gambino Ooh. Yes, I haven't really had a chance to talk about it cannot nope. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. it yeah. is so good also it's kind of sexy and I wasn't prepared I wasn't prepared
handle his sexiness. Like I, I have feelings about. Oh, you his don't parents. believe in it, or he's so Did sexy you, you can't watch magic, magic Mike, Mike too. <laughs> this is what I was about to say. See, I so haven't he, seen it yet. So you've already yeah, been no. in, in Jada Pinkett's house of grime. Okay, and yes. you've seen Michael Strahan, <laughs> and you've seen Stephen Twitch <laughs> do his thing, <laughs> and it's already the most exciting thing I've probably ever seen in a movie, <laughs> at least in that moment. Yeah, and then I'm like, well. How can they top this? <laughs> and Donald, Donald Glover. Glover comes slinking. He's at the top of the steps. Slinking. Aww. And he starts singing. And then he comes down. And you're like, this is a joke. So right? is he and like shirtless and oiled up and stuff? Uh, no. He's no, shirtless, no, 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 no. but he's not oil. They stopped short of oil. They, they did not moisturize too, him. Right? No, I think that is that is so to me, Donald Glover in that moment. I just feel like it was so true to him in a, in a way that I absolutely. That I, like. I so I'm also not a huge Donald Glover person, so I am mm. constantly skeptical of the Donald Glover enterprise. But between, <laughs> and, but, but only because it seemed unclear. And I once saw him in a restaurant sing to a woman oh. just at a table. I was at lunch with a friend, and he was on a date. And mm. he, I swear, to, I didn't even know he sang. He sang to the date. He sang to this woman. I mean, was it? How did it? How was did it? Yeah. Sex? How was it she was feeling? like. <laughs> but, uh, 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 but y'all gotta see better. the R and B face. Okay. <laughs> I, can, I can make the face. No. I can't make the sound. But I, was she into it? But that's the point we're making, though, is that none of us believes that the sexiness ever gets over a two, and so that's why. The album, the album is shocking. I mean, honestly, the is album so- is making me be like, well, maybe he got a little. He got a little. <laughs> yeah. Because the show, you know? like, well, what I like about about Atlanta. Oh, though, I'm a tire. Can I- your voice? <laughs> sure, sure. I really think the thing that I love about Atlanta is that, like, he isn't trying to sell you a version of himself that isn't, that right. didn't already exist. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, he could have cast himself as Paperboy mm-hmm. or Darius. Uh-huh. But thank no, no. God he did not. Right. Yeah. But thank God he did not. <laughs> oh my God. Donald like, Glover's Paperboy. He could only be no. earned. Would not he could only be earned. And the guy's yeah. name is Earned, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Like, Earn. there's so much. Which is another old black man named like Donald is. Like, just literally, he's earning his, mm-hmm. like, respect from all of. Well, not us, but um, well, yeah, all, the us other, too, though. All, yeah. all black people who've yeah. been like Donald Glover, really? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, listen. Anyway, Donald, so, you're listening. The album, the album is the album is, uh, is very good. Yeah, album makes so, me feel surprise, low key sexy album. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm we needed it. I mean, yes, yes. Heaven. So, oh, 2016 marked the end of the Good Wife, mm. <laughs> and you know, towards the end, I was feeling away. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. <laughs> about the show. Yes. About the like direction. About the direction of the show. Yeah. Mm. But I I'm still in it. Like that yeah. criticism aside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who am I playing? <laughs> We're making eye contact, but I've never seen an episode. But, <laughs> but I'm with you. I like your so emotion. You have to I feel like heaven is looking at me in a new light. Like I your am. face dimmed. You're oh, like really Okay, no no no. <laughs> I'm just oh, there's so much joy awaiting you. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I'm yeah. I I wrote a note. There are so many it. dope women on that show. And I love the the men who make cameos season to season yes. <laughs> yes. in Alicia's life but it was a it wasn't a satisfying ending but did you not like the ending I uh, I didn't so I the show has this the now famous ending in which the thing that happens in the beginning in the first episode of the show in which Alicia slaps her husband yeah happens mm-hmm. between Christine Baranski yes. and Juliana Margulies at the end of the hmm. last episode of the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what's her line? What's Cynthia what's uh Christine oh, Baranski's line? I lost it. But it's it's a direct echo, but 
but it it was dissatisfying to you? Did you feel like it was a betrayal? I just did you. I think at one point I was dissatisfied with the show in terms of like, does Alicia have friends? Mm. Who are the women in her life? Mm. Like, a lot of time with that Dr. Channing. Yeah. I, and then <laughs> the reason I, I feel away is because of Kalinda's plot. Mm-hmm. Kalinda oh. was kind of Alicia's friend uh-huh. or like the closest thing. I can buy that she doesn't have that many friends. Mm-hmm. Like she's busy working. She's like dealing with her husband. Yeah. Anyways, long story short, it, it it was still like a joy for me to see even mm-hmm. if I wouldn't have ended it this way. Right, right. <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed it. It was yeah. such a, ugh, that show is like, it, it, it's rare that I'm interested in watching a show week to week. And that mm-hmm. show rewarded mm-hmm. watching actually week to week. Mm-hmm. It made a point. I think a part of the thing I like about that show is like the amazing things it made despite the challenges it had. Like yep. it's on CBS. It's on CBS. Shout yeah. out to CBS who <laughs> gives me checks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like network television show, not but one of those cable dramas. But they have to do 22 episodes of it. Anytime you hear Shonda Rhimes talk about what's hard about her exactly. job, it's that I have to make Netflix a lot of TV. Yeah. yeah. Whereas Damon Lindelof has to make significantly Loki, less. Like mm-hmm. the, the reason I know anything about the NSA is because of The Good Wife. Like right. what, how it really way. works. Oh, yeah. So they were like top they of really the ball. They were on it. They really through a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Okay. okay. I'm sold. Shout out to the good wife. Okay. Um, I have the perfect one to end on. Um, I think by far my favorite pop culture moment of 2016 is when Heaven came back to the city. Oh my oh God. Oh my God. Wow. Me too. You're about to make me cry. Oh. Wow. Midday, Tracy. I can't <laughs> go back to work. I'll apologize, but I won't mean it. But I mean, it really was just like a joy to like be back in the studio. Mm. It was like flying back home for the holidays. Oh. And then everybody on Twitter was so excited. And I was it like, was so every guys are so cute. Can I interrupt this for one second? <laughs> go on. <laughs> just to explain that Heaven. Heaven, Heaven went to. Oh, sorry. sure, sure, sure. And I just oh, want yeah. to explain that Heaven went to work for the Colbert show. Mm-hmm. Stephen Very Colbert's exciting. The late, late show with Stephen Colbert, Stephen Colbert yeah. at uh-huh. CBS 1135 <laughs> Eastern Standard. <laughs> so that's why I should just let you do it. Shout out to CBS. Right. And TV is very demanding. It takes a lot of time, it takes a lot of hours. Sure, sure, sure. So does a podcast. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. some sacrifices had to be made. But we're still plotting and scheming. Yeah. We're reunited. And it feels so good. It does feel really good. Oh, mm-hmm. Tracy, I share that so much. Thank Aww, you. Of course. I really did write it out. That happened here, y'all. <laughs> that happened on Still Process. No way out. Exclusive. No way out. Between another round. <laughs> yes. Heaven and Tracy. Heaven <laughs> on our show. Yep. You are hot today. You didn't came, happen you came on hot. Andy Cohen. <laughs> Mr. Morris. No, Andy Cohen didn't do it. He didn't. We did it. Didn't happen on OWN. Well. Didn't happen on OWN. Mm-mm. Oh, nope. didn't happen ha- here. Yeah, it happened here. I'm just saying. It was great. Yeah. I just want to pat yeah. ourselves on the back. Yes, y'all got the exclusive. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> exclusive. You have to go back to work. <laughs> I do have to go back to work. <laughs> Thank you for your glitteriness. Of I'm course. feeling it. It's a Christmas course. miracle. Thank I'm you for so the happy. Bourbon. Such a beautiful collab. We got to mm. do this more often, y'all. We yes. love you guys. We love you guys. We love you guys. Thank you for Now we got to do our crossover episode. We love your list. We love your list. We'll come. We'll do whatever you want. Oh. Anytime you want it. Yeah. Can uh, we get I'm this in, in, in uh, writing? Because, yeah. Yes. I mean, you, you have it recorded. What more <laughs> yeah. do you need? You have it in audio writing. So that was amazing. Heaven and Tracy are just endlessly incredible. They how, are about How is their energy? There's, there's no energy left in the room. That was a gift to us. <laughs> they took all that the energy it. with them when yes. they left. No, I feel infused by it. Okay, I do as well, actually. <laughs> um, okay, so now we're going to go back to this thing we've been doing. Um, last week, we asked people to 
um, let us know what they needed help with in terms of holiday shopping. We wanted to give people gift-giving advice. We got a bunch of interesting calls. And this week, we got one that was a little bit special. We're going to play it now for you guys. Hey, Jenna. Hey, Wesley. Hey, crew. Uh, This is Richard from Louisville, Kentucky. Just wanted to call in and thank you guys. Um, I lost my mom this past week, and it's been... uh, been really tough driving around during this holiday season and uh having you guys on the line it uh it means a lot feels like i've got you know friends in the car when i'm going through a really tough time i just want to let you know i love the podcast and i will give you guys a five-star itunes review um but just know that even though i I need uh, a little less holiday gift buying help than than i usually do this holiday season um i still need help in other ways you guys have been uh, a better support network than you'll ever understand so thank you so much Oh, Richard. Richard, our hearts go out to you so much. And we both know what you're going through, and we want to recommend that you give a gift to yourself this holiday season. We both have ideas on that because we both have lost parents. Yep. And it sounds to me like your mother meant a lot to you and that this is this has not been something you've been living with for very long and it's new and this time of year is really really hard to be without your family yeah so what would you recommend richard do well after my dad died i decided to throw a brunch for all the people who showed up for me while he was sick and after he passed away Mm. and i'm a very private person she may not know by my social media presence but it's true (laughs) i am and not a lot of people in my life knew that that was happening but the ones that did really showed up and were always checking in on me making sure i was fed um making sure i got home from the bar safely all kinds of things um so it was a really tough time for me so i invited a bunch of them over and made a meal for them and it was just a very small token of appreciation to let them know i felt so loved and the gratitude that I felt from their friendship. And, you know, at the time I was really broke living in a studio, a busted ass studio in Williamsburg. And, you know, I didn't cost a lot of money, but it felt like a gift to myself to repay the generosity that they'd given to me. Mm -hmm. And it was really special. That's similar to what my sister and I did after my mother died, except uh, we invited a bunch of people over lunch, basically. And it was all the people in my mother's life. And it wasn't really, it was a gift for my mother, which was also a gift for me. Mm -hmm. And we, my sister and I went through her phone book and we just called every name and number we didn't recognize and Mm -hmm. like people we didn't, we, we, who weren't already in our lives in in an immediate way. And, um, a lot of them showed up and shared stories about my mother with other people who were there who hadn't seen my mother in a long time and hadn't seen each other in a long time. That was one of the most beautiful things I've ever been a part of as a member of my family. I have a complicated family and mm. like to be able to bring these disparate parts of my family together mm-hmm. too was also wonderful. Um, my mother didn't want a funeral, so we did this instead. So Richard, I don't know what your relationship is to your mother or, or what her wishes were, but I think that there can be something really beautiful about having a different kind of memorialization and ceremony around mm-hmm. her absence i also have another recommendation for you which is to do the exact opposite thing (laughs) which is to just go to the middle of nowhere someplace beautiful someplace natural someplace like yosemite national park i love that which is what i did 
And I had a lot of questions after my mother died. They were all spiritual questions. They were all existential questions. I don't know what kind of person you are in terms of what your spiritual orientation is, but I don't think that there's any particular religion or spirituality that can really, really answer for you all the questions, Mm -hmm. at least the ones I had about where she actually went. And I felt like being able to see a lot of open sky and a lot of greenery was important to me. Mm -hmm. That wasn't something I grew up with. It's something I acquired through my relationships with other people. I didn't get any answers, but I definitely felt much closer to her in a weird way. And I felt something that I still feel to this day. And it hasn't been that long since she died, but I feel like she's always with me. And hopefully, you know, you'll feel that your mother is always with you, Richard. Um, Cause that's the greatest gift. That's the best Christmas gift. Cause it, you can get it every day of the year yeah. for the rest of your life. Right. Is this communion with your, with your mother. Oh, I've got one more thing. <laughs> Three for the price of one. I love it. If you have a refrigerator, just put a picture of her on it and you'll see her every time you get a glass mm-hmm. of milk, mm-hmm. every time you want to make some eggs. Mm-hmm. So those are gift ideas for a gift for yourself. And that's what we want you to give yourself this year. And keep listening and call back in and let us know it. Oh, yeah. You should call back anytime. Like, really, really call back. And we hope you're okay. Take care of yourself. Stay hydrated. Stay moisturized. That's our show for the week. Thanks for listening to Still Processing. Our show is a product of the New York Times. And it's produced by Jenna Weiss Berman and Henry Malofsky and Max Linsky from Pineapple Street Media with editorial oversight from Lisa Tobin and Samantha Hennig. And Pedro Rosado sits in that chair and makes everything work. Our music is by Jim Brunberg and Ben Landsberg of Wonderly. A special, special, special thank you to all of our guests, Bill Simmons, Ezra Edelman, Heaven Nagatu, and Tracy Clayton from Another Round, and still, Richard, thank you so much for calling in. We're still thinking about you. Um, also, a special thank you to Nicole Hannah-Jones, whose bourbon we borrowed and will probably replace. Don't know. We'll, we'll get to it. And we want to hear more from you guys. We're still keeping this gift dilemma going. So tell us your gift situations and we'll solve them next week. We'll solve one next week, but we'll listen to all the voicemails and we really appreciate getting them. So just leave us one with your question at 405-458-4237, a.k.a. 405-45-Vibes. You can find all of our stuff, past shows, links, photos, cute things, whatever, don't know, at nytimes.com slash stillprocessing. And we should also say that next week we're going to do our own list. Our own list. The best of 2016. We'll see you next week. That's all she wrote. Literally, that's all he wrote. Mm-hmm.